Thanks everyone for coming out this uh, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks to those who download these talks as podcasts from iTunes. We invite you to correspond with us by emailing us at utahkrishnas at gmail.com. We also have a membership class at our website at utahkrishnas.org. We'd like to thank those that have taken the membership class, become members. We couldn't do what we do without your inspiration and support. Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada, the founder of Charya of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Um, we start out with a, a joke to get your creative part of your mind working. And if you've heard the joke before, remember our talk of two weeks ago, you show love by pretending that you've never heard it before and laughing as if it was the first time. So <laughs> a little girl asked her mom how the human race got started. The mom explained that it was God and uh, he created all of us in his image. So we're coming from God. A couple days later, she went to her dad and she asked the same question. How did the human race get started? And dad said, well, there were some monkeys and they jumped down out of the trees and they evolved and became human beings. So we're descended from monkeys. Being confused, the little girl went back to her mom and said, mom, you said we come from God and dad said we came from monkeys. So how can both be true? The mother said, oh, that's easy, honey. He told you about his side of the family. <laughs> and I told you about our side of the family. <laughs> Today we'd like to talk to you about moving forward. We all go through situations that seem unfair. It's unfair that someone at work could lie about you and get away with it. It's unfair that your sister can have children and you can't. It's unfair that you're raising a special needs child the loss of a loved one might be unfair. Life's thrown you some curved balls. Things didn't turn out exactly the way that you expected. But one thing I've learned is that although things in life do not always seem fair, Krishna, where God, is fair. Keep your trust. Keep from becoming resentful, bitter. Keep moving forward. Krishna will pay you back for everything unfair that's happened. Don't let one bad break define you or ruin the rest of your life. One bankruptcy, one divorce, one sickness, one loss of a loved one, one bad childhood. Don't let these things keep you from the amazing future that God has in store for you. These things may have put you at a disadvantage. They played politics at the office. You didn't get the promotion. That company let you go after 20 years of faithful service. Your parents didn't have time for you while you were growing up. Someone abandoned you when you needed them the most. But what they did cannot stop your destiny because they don't have the last say. Krishna has the last final say. In the Bhagavad Gita, he says, one who does good is never overcome by evil. There may be weeping in the night, but with the rising of the sun in the morning, there's great joy and rejoicing. Nothing that happens to us is a surprise to Krishna. It's not that he didn't see it coming. <clears throat> he knows the past, he knows the present, he knows the future. God is one, but he's also many. Advaitam achutam anadim anantarupam. Lord Brahma describes that just like the sun is one in the sky, but on a hot August day, any place in Utah, St. George, Cedar City, Spanish Fork, Salt Lake City, Ogden, uh, Layton, you ask people, where's the sun? They'll all say the sun is on my head. And that's true, the sun is on their head. But the sun is also 
one undivided entity in the sky. It's both. It's in the sky, 93 million miles away, and it's also in each and every person's head. So God is one, it's true, but He's expanded Himself into the heart of each and every living entity. He knows what you're going to do before you know it. And He also knows what the bad guys are going to do before they even know it. And He's also, even before the unfair thing happens to you, He's already been down the road. He's already been 5, 10, 15 years into your future and he's already got the restoration. He's already got the vindication. He's already got the new beginning all lined up for you. In Los Angeles, we had a friend named Pramod Ghan. He was from Maharashtra. He was a certified public accountant and he worked in a big corporation. So he had a supervisor that cooked up a case against him and fired him and put a negative letter in his portfolio. Pramod would come to our Sunday feast every week without fail and he would tell me a tale of woe. How many interviews he'd had in the previous week, how many resumes he'd submitted, but because of this one bad reference letter, for one year he couldn't get any employment. They were just living on his wife's income. After a year, the company realized how crooked the supervisor was. They gave him his walking papers. They looked up Promote. They offered him the supervisor's job and restitution and salary for back pay that he'd lost. So God already had the solution lined up before Promote got the problem. But if we just go through life, everything's routine, everything's predictable, everything's exactly as we wanted it, then how are we going to develop faith? It's necessary to have these so-called unfair situations to deal with because those are an opportunity to develop faith. We won't be able to take our job with us. We won't be able to take our fame with us. We won't be able to take our trophy with us. We won't be able to take our gold with us. We won't even be able to take our family with us. But what we'll take with us is whatever development and maturity of faith that we've created. So unfair reverses in life, in fact, are the greatest opportunities to capitalize upon this human form of life. We all know the story of Duryodhana. Duryodhana was a dirty trickster and he cheated the pious, righteous, blameless Pandavas out of their kingdom. They had a dice game and he sent them into the forest for 13 years. It seemed so, so very unfair. But when the Pandavas came out of the forest after 13 years of exile, Duryodhana lay with his thigh broken in the dust, being surrounded by jackals. So God's got everything, all everything reconciled in the long run. Shake off the self-pity, shake off the defeat, get ready for something new. Krishna is going to pay you back for every injustice. He sees every wrong that's been done to you. He sees every person that's hurt you. He's seen every tear that you've shed. He knows about every lonely night that you've spent. There comes a point where the Lord says, enough is enough, now I'm going to do something about it. And when he gets involved personally, he's not just going to give you what you deserve, but he's going to make the enemy pay and bring you out better than you were before. There were some conspirators against the Pandavas along with Duryodhana. There was Sukuni, there was Dusasana, there was Karna. And they were all laid low. They all bit the dust. Sakuni was killed by Sahadev. Dushishana had his heart literally ripped out from his chest. And Karna also was cut down while he was pulling his chariot wheel out of the mud. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Saivati Panipanam Tat Saivata Tsitsirumukam Saivata Shrutimalaki Sarmabrita Tishtati Everywhere are my hands and feet, my eyes, my heads, and my faces, and I have ears everywhere. I see and I hear everything. In this way, I exist as a super soul pervading everything within this world. 
As he sees everything the bad guy does, he also sees every time that you do the right thing and get taken advantage of. He sees every time you take the high road and just let it go. Every time you work hard, but you didn't get the credit. Krishna is closely watching and you have an account with him. In due course of time, you'll get paid back with interest. He'll pay you back for the childhood you didn't have. He'll pay you back for the person that falsely accused you. He'll pay you back for the years lost in an abusive relationship. He'll pay you back for the credit that you didn't get earlier. And when the payback comes, it'll be so abundant and so beyond your furthest imagination, you'll be amazed. I heard a joke about a soldier. He went into basic training. The first day he broke his glasses, so he just taped them up together and he went on. He finished his basic training. He put in a requisition for some glasses and he needed them right away. So he finished his basic training, he went to advanced training. He put in another requisition for a pair of glasses. He finished his advanced training and when he went to his post in uh, overseas, he put in another requisition for a pair of replacement glasses. Finally, five years later, when he's discharged from the service, a package catches up with him with five pairs of glasses all marked rush on them. So it may not happen in our time frame, it may not happen in exactly the way that we imagine it or would anticipate it, but in due course of time, God will pay us back so lavishly that we will be ashamed that we ever even felt any discomfort in the first place. Dhruva Maharaj was a five-year-old boy. He was the eldest son of his king by his senior wife. But the king doted on a younger, more beautiful wife. And because of that, he elevated Dhruva's stepbrother, who was younger than him, over Dhruva and anointed him as the heir apparent. But Dhruva wanted to redress this unfairness, which indeed it was. So he went to the Himalayas and did penances and austerities with the idea of getting God to set things right. And as you see from the picture, God appeared before Dhruva Maharaj in his forearm form as Lord Vishnu. But as soon as Dhruva Maharaj drank in the vision, as soon as he got the darshan of the Lord, and he saw that beauty, that grace, that power from which everything comes, he became ashamed that he'd approached the Lord for anything material or anything temporal. And indeed, the Lord fulfilled his desires. He gave him a kingdom far, far greater than the kingdom that uh, he was deprived of. But Dhruva, just having drunk in the nectarine vision of the Lord, was ashamed that he'd approached the Lord with some mundane thing. His concluding words were, I approached the Lord for some pieces of broken glass, but instead I got a very, very valuable jewel. At this point, someone's saying, well, Tariq, you don't know my situation. You don't know what happened to me. You don't know what I have to deal with in my life. Sure, you may have had more than the average share of bad breaks, but that's not an excuse to go around down and depressed. It's not going to help anything. It's not going to redress anything. Stir yourself up. Think of it as restoration time, vindication time, payback time is on the way. It's only a matter of time. The Lord will eventually come down on your behalf. Some of you have pending cases, abuse, maybe you were neglected in childhood, you were abandoned, people didn't have time for you. Krishna will adopt you as his own if necessary. 
After the Pandavas had been in the forest for 13 years, nobody wanted to ally themselves with them. They were the underdogs. Duryodhana had been in power. He had been bribing people, paying people off, consolidating people, giving them gifts. Even the great devotees, Bhisma and Dronacharya, opted to go on the side of the uh, Duryodhana. So the Pandavas were isolated. They were abandoned. They were neglected. Uh, the bookies wouldn't have given them even a 21 to 1 chance of winning the battle. But Krishna adopted them as his own. When the whole world abandoned them, Krishna became their father, he became their mother, he became their counselor, their cousin brother, their advisor. He even drove the chariot of Arjuna during the Kurukshetra war. So Krishna assures us that he will take custody, that any unfair thing that's happened to us, he will make it right. As long as we keep moving forward, Krishna will settle our case and he'll award punitive damages to the wrongdoers. He won't just settle the case to give you what you had before, to bring you out where you were before, but he'll bring you out better than you were before. Your enemies are working for you because they've given you a double dose of trouble. The result will be a double reward. The enemies did you a favor. When you let Krishna settle your case, it will come out better and he'll settle it more thoroughly than you could have done yourself. This is an interesting quote. It kind of throws a new light on the idea of forgiveness. Quote, in the this is not a quote by some Casper Miltoast. Uh, just read it and you'll see what I mean. In the final analysis, forgiveness is an act of faith. By forgiving another, I am trusting that God is a better and more thorough justice maker than I am. By forgiving, I release my own right to get even and leave all issues of fairness for God to work out. I leave in God's hands the scales that must balance justice and mercy. We've heard the example of the kitten in the mouth of the cat and the rat in the mouth of the cat. At one time the cat takes the kitten in its mouth and another time the cat takes the rat in its mouth. But although they're both in the same cat's mouth, they feel the experience quite differently. The kitten feels love being carried around in the mouth of the cat. On the other hand, the rat feels cruel, cruel death. So those who are devotees, who are moving forward in their life, they take unfair situations as an opportunity to exhibit their faith and go to a higher level. And generally speaking, they can learn the lesson in one go. But those who are non-devotees, who are averse to hearing about the glories of the Lord, they generally have to repeat the lessons over and over and over and over and over again because they don't learn what it is that they're supposed to learn. So what happens to the non-devotees is much more like punishment than what happens to the devotees. And there's actually different names for those, the way those things are experienced. I heard about Narada Muni. He met four different types of people and he tried to benedict each one of them according to their circumstances and as best he could. So he met a yogi, an ascetic, living in the forest who was celibate and who had given up all material attachment. So Narada Muni said, die. You, you have no, you, there's nothing more here for you, there's nothing you want, so just die and get your mukti. Benedict him that way. He went to a king and the king was full of uh, pride and arrogance and he took intoxicants and he had a lot of women and all. And Narada Muni said, long live the king. May you have long life because when you die you become a dog. That's how he benedicted him. He went to a devotee 
And he said to the devotee, you're serving Krishna, you're cooking prasadam, you're chanting Hare Krishna, doing the kirtan, associated with devotees, organizing festivals, hearing and chanting, you're, you're moving in the direction of spirituality. So live or die, doesn't matter. You can either continue living or die, it doesn't matter. Then he went to a butcher and he said, don't live, don't die. I can't benedict you to live, and I can't benedict you to die. So don't live, don't die. Because every day that you live, you're shedding more and more blood, and your liability is getting greater. But as soon as you die, for every cow that you've killed, you yourself will have to take birth as a cow and go to the slaughterhouse. So those who are hearing and chanting, you're here today, you're... Uh, you're hearing about the ideal philosophy of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, that's creating a certain tension. And the result of that tension is that unwanted things will gradually slip away. You may be guilty of a thousand faults, a thousand shortcomings. You may have made a thousand mistakes. You may have made a great, huge mistake even this very morning. Doesn't matter. As long as you're hearing and chanting, as long as you're adopting the process of correction, as long as you're moving forward, God is pleased with you. I had a friend in Los Angeles. He's Gujarati originally, but uh, he was... Uh, living in Uganda, and he was very wealthy. He had a restaurant, he had a lot of businesses, but Adi Amin, overnight he decided to kick all the Indians out of Uganda and he confiscated all their property. So Pranjivan went to the bank one morning and the teller regretfully told him, all your accounts are closed. All we can do is give you a ticket out of the country. Where would you like to go, England or America? So he chose America, and that was unfair. That was certainly unfair, but he didn't have a pity party. He did the best he could when he got to America. And the best that he could do was he got a little stall in the ground floor in downtown Los Angeles of the Trans-American Life Insurance Building. And in that stall, his biggest seller was beef burritos. At the same time, he was coming to the temples on Sunday evening. And after a while, he came up to me and said, Charu, he said, the tension is growing. I'm hearing that every living being is a spirit soul, part and parcel of God. Uh, I'm hearing about compassion and treating all living beings equally and with fairness. And then I go to work and I'm selling beef burritos. What am I going to do? So I said, well, that, that's for you to decide, Pranjeev. A few weeks later, he came up to me and he said, Charu, he said, I can't go on. I've got to either stop going to the temple and hearing all this, or I've got to stop selling the beef burritos. But the beef burritos are supporting my family. They're paying for my son to go to pharmacy school at University of Southern California. If I give him up, I don't know how we're going to survive. I said, it's your decision. A little bit later, he said, Cheru, he said, I'm not going to be a hypocrite anymore. I'm going to keep coming to the temple, and tomorrow morning I'm going to stop the sales of beef burritos. The next morning, people came up, they started ordering. He said, we're not selling anymore. And uh, they were friends with him. They were daily customers, and he'd always chat with them. So they said, why not? And after he explained why not, they appreciated his stance. They appreciated his integrity. And his sales only went down about 5%. They started ordering bean burritos instead of beef burritos. And his son went on to finish pharmacy school at USC. Pranjivan's passed away now about six or seven years. But his son is one of the most successful pharmacists in all of Southern California. He's the regional manager. He has two Mercedes in his garage and he lives in a mansion in Diamond Bar. So God will pay you or your offspring 
double what you had before. It says in Bhagavad Gita, Abhi Chet Sararacharo Bhajate Mamananya Bhag Sadhureva Samanchita Samyagbhyavishitosha. It says it doesn't matter how many faults or how many shortcomings or in how many ways you're lacking. As long as you're hearing and chanting, as long as you're moving forward, you're to be considered saintly because you're rightly situated. Every talk I give, I'm thinking, if so-and-so were only here to hear this. You know, when you give a talk, a certain person comes to mind, you know, and you say, wow, if they were only here to hear this. But that's the point. They're not here to hear this. They're not willing to create the tension between what they feel, what's convenient, what's comfortable, what their senses are grasping for, and what's right. So only if you're willing to introduce that tension in your life will you go to a higher level. But if you're not, you're just going to be repeating the same lesson over and over and over and over and over again. Don't be sour because of something that was lost or taken away from you. Maybe a co-worker got a promotion, a friend or a family member promised something and they didn't keep their word, they didn't pay you back. Don't get bitter, don't get resentful, don't get stuck in the past. Don't ask, why did this happen to me? Ask, what lesson am I supposed to learn from this? Don't worry, Krishna sees the injustice. Here's a beautiful classical painting, again, of Duryodhan having had his thigh broken by Bhima and he's lying on the ground. It's interesting that when Duryodhan was a young lad, his mother was a great ascetic. She had binded her eyes with linen upon learning that she was going to marry the blind king Dhritarashtra. She voluntarily put linen around her eyes and she voluntarily agreed to be as blind as her husband so that she would never feel superior or condescend to him. As a result of that, she had a boon that any time that she would take off the linen for a few moments, Whoever upon whom her gaze fell, his or her body would be like iron, that no enemy could kill it. So she loved her son naturally and she wanted protection for him. So one morning she told Duryodhana, come to me naked early in the morning in the palace and I will look upon you and then no enemy will ever be able to kill you. So years and years and years before Duryodhana had his thigh broken, years and years and years before uh, Duryodhan and his cronies tried to embarrass, they tried to embarrass the wife of the Pandavas Draupadi by dragging her into the assembly, by taking off her sari. And when they did that, Duryodhan insulted her by slapping his thigh, saying, come and now you're no longer the Pandavas wife, we've cheated him, come and sit down here on my thigh. Years and years before that happened, Krishna already knew the unfairness. He already knew about the dice game. He already knew about the attempt to insult Dropin. He already knew that Bhima would make things even by breaking that tie. So Krishna accosted, this is like three in the morning, Duryodhana on the terrace as he was going naked to visit his mother. And Krishna says, what are you doing? You're out here naked? What if someone sees you? Your reputation will be ruined. The police will come and arrest you for indecent exposure. He said, well, my mother called me. He said, well, you're going to appear over here. Just go put a pair of shorts on at least. You know, just put a pair of shorts on. So Duryodhana, he went back and put a pair of shorts on. And then when, when Gandhari looked at him, she says, why, why did you put a pair of shorts on? I wanted your whole body to be invulnerable. He said, well, Krishna. And then Gandhari said, yeah, well, I might have known. <laughs> 
Krishna is God. He knows everything past, present, and future. So long before the problem arose, long before Draupadi was insulted, long Krishna already made the means by which vindication could be had, by which payback would come to Duryodhana. He got his thigh broken and he lay defeated in the battlefield. And in his very presence, the Pandavas got back not only their kingdom, but they got his half of the kingdom too. When Duryodhana had cheated them and sent them into exile for 13 years, he said, he promised, that I'll give you half your kingdom back if you fulfill all the conditions of the exile. They did it, and when they returned after 13 years, he went back on his word. Not only did he refuse not to give him, did he refuse to give him half their kingdom back, but he said, I will not give you as much land as can fit under the head of a pen. The result of which was the Pandavas didn't just get back what they had before, they got back their kingdom, and they got back Duryodhana's, they got back double. And Duryodhana was gnashing his teeth and full of envy because his enemies were exalted in his very presence. Before he died, he got to see his enemies uh, in control of all of his lands and all of his ill-gotten wealth. Remember, we're not working under people, we're working under Krishna, and he's the God of justice. If someone's not keeping their word or playing politics and not giving you the credit, don't get upset, don't try to pay them back. Instead of complaining about injustice, get up in the morning and say, things may seem unfair, but I know that my creator is fair and he will redeem me from every difficulty. Krishna is keeping the record. When someone gives you a double dose of trouble, things have come against you. Remember, this is a new day and payback time is on the way. The Lord sees every and when he says enough, he will come down and settle the case. Even if the whole world abandons you, he will adopt you as his own. The more trouble will faithfully endure, the more will be the rewards. The more aggressive is the enemy, the more great will be the payback. If you'll take the high road and always keep moving forward, you will be honored in the very presence of your enemies. Get ready for a double dose of Krishna's goodness, a double dose of joy, a double dose of peace, a double dose of prosperity, a double dose of vindication, a double dose of favor. And if you're inclined to chant with me, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare.